You're listening to Podcateers. Welcome to episode 348 of Podcateers. This week we share our thoughts on the upcoming Cruella film. A film is on track to beat one of the records set by Avengers Endgame. We suggest some Marvel things you can watch on Disney Plus if you've been enjoying WandaVision. And with the news of Blue Sky Studios closing, we thought we would share some of their history. We'd love to hear your thoughts on things that we talk about in this episode. You can join the conversation over on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Just search for Podcateers, or you can join us on our new Discord server. You'll find the link in the blog post for this episode at podcateers.com slash 348, or by going to the Podcateers homepage. Uh, our podcast official charity team, Team Boat Willie, will be participating in more events this year to help our community. And the next event we're participating in is the Chalk Walk to help raise money for the Children's Hospital of Orange County. For more information on this event and others we'll be participating in, please check out TeamBoatWillie.com for more information. Super easy to remember, it's just like Steamboat Willie, but without the S. Uh, We're about to start the episode, but before we do, we'd like to send a very special shout out to the FGP squad, aka our podcast fairy godparents, because it's their monthly support via Patreon that help make these episodes of Podcateers possible. Being a part of the FGP squad family gets you some additional perks like access to our monthly happy hour calls, additional discounts on gear, or additional content. So if you would like more information on how you can become part of the FGP squad family, you can go to podcateers.com slash FGP. And as always, a very special thank you goes out to the FGP squad for their continued support. Uh, all right, it's time to do this. So uh, thank you all for listening. We really appreciate you taking time out of your week to hang with us. And if this is your first time listening, we hope that you enjoy what you hear and that you'll continue hanging out with us on a weekly basis. So here we go. This is episode 348 of Podcateers. get going i got my chai <laughs> tea going i'm do you do you normally put creamer in your coffee or your tea oh coffee i don't I, i'm not big on tea not big on tea Mm-mm. so remember how i told you that we've been drinking more tea recently mm-hmm. so i'm a big fan of chai tea i know it's not you know something people tend to like because the spices are a little too much for them sometimes uh, and I know that a lot of people aren't big fans of the little baggies of chai tea, but I like it. And, okay. you know, the fact that you could just pay two bucks and you got 20 of these little vanilla chai bags, I'm good mm-hmm. with it. You know, when you just need a quick fix, boom, you need something warm, boom, here it is. But what I normally don't do is put creamer in my coffee. And yeah. one thing that I notice is that uh, regular like sweeteners don't work very well for chai tea. They work well with green teas. They work 
well with other types of tea, but with chai tea, I felt like I needed a creamer, right? Something. And I found this mm-hmm. coconut creamer that, oh my God. Oh my God. I'm, is it by Delight? Yeah. I'm like, yes, oh I have a bottle. Man. I just got a brand new bottle. <laughs> I love this thing. Yes. I'm so obsessed with this freaking coconut creamer. It's not even funny. <laughs> For reals, like I, I just read like everyone speaks really good of it, and no, it's not sponsored. But I mean, I grabbed it because it. Everyone said it was good, so I was like, "All right, cool." And yeah, it is. <laughs> well, I'm glad I took the chance too, because since I don't buy it, I don't really read the reviews. I was just like, "Ooh, coconut," and I saw <laughs> yeah. it, and I was like, "Yeah, grab that one," and uh, yeah, totally obsessed with it. So if you're looking for creamer for your coffee or or tea totally recommend that one but uh, <laughs> and we I'm, didn't plan this one <laughs> i know <laughs> but i'm i'm excited it's been um it's been a like super crazy week at work uh we had this really major announcement last week and there was like all sorts of stuff going on so uh it was uh it, it was a great announcement but uh this week i feel like it's a lot more calm you know, we have the FGP squad call coming up, the happy hour call yeah. coming up this weekend. And uh, I've been looking forward to it since the last call that we had. I don't know. I just have a lot of fun on those calls. It's like a reunion. It, it I is. mean, it's it's cool. It's always cool. And it's like always the same. It, it helps, man. It yeah. really does. Especially because we get a lot of good laughs. Yeah. For me right now, it's really the next best thing to being able to hang out with people in the parks, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. so uh, get to talk some Disney, get to do all sorts of things. And, <laughs> you know, it's just a fun time. Yeah. And this is a hard pivot. But before we go on, I got to ask you, we posted on Instagram this morning. You know, there's a trailer coming as well. The new Cruella film. I mean, how do you feel about this? Because I know we briefly talked about it before, but I know you're a huge villains fan. But I know you also have thoughts on some of the villains films. I do. I still have a little bit of beef with Maleficent. One or two. She's like, uh, kind of both. One because it led into two. Ah, <laughs> uh, you know what? D- yeah, good. Yeah, good observation. I agree. But um. When I had first seen this, you know, I've actually, I remember them teasing a little bit of her, but to see up like her face, the makeup, the way that she's styled, the way that they spelled out her name, well, not Cruella, but Emma Stone, is all telling me that she is going to be dirty and gritty and I want her to just if we're going to have a punk scene, please let there be like a, 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 I want like some heavy, like, uh, like, let's say like she's in the pit or something to show that she's there. Like, I want that, but I'm a little excited. I don't want to be too excited and then be like, she likes puppies and she's keeping them. And it's like, no. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I don't want that. I want Cruella who's like doesn't care and blah, blah, blah. Without the the creepiness of actual puppy stuff. That, just leave that. We're cool. 
<laughs> yeah. I mean, maybe it's a pit of puppies. Maybe. It could be a pit of oh, puppies. Oh, maybe. Yeah, it's a mosh pit with a bunch of puppies. <laughs> I don't know how that would work out. She would probably trample them and she'd be happy about it. Uh, maybe. I mean, as, as long as she just doesn't care for them. It's like, no, I just oh, don't want Kumbaya at the man. end. <laughs> I, can, I can already imagine that. It's like straight for Disney Plus, Cruella DeVille in the feel-good movie of the year. I hate these puppies! <laughs> and then by the end, <laughs> I love these puppies. <laughs> right? No, 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 no. I it's it, to me, it's like it seems like it's promising. It really does. Yeah. And then I think I'm a little bit excited about the music. Yeah, so. the music I think is going to play a really big role in this film. I hope they get, you know, some Ramones and stuff in there. Yeah. You know, we get some, ah, ah, it's just such, so much potential. Yeah. You know, it's funny because Disney, I don't, I don't really think they know what to do with the villains, right? Because they, they know what to do with the princesses, obviously, because that's what they've been so great at for so many years. But Mm -hmm. You know, Disney movies are very formulaic in many ways. And you, for the most part, you always end up with these happy endings. And it's almost like somebody has said, well, if you don't have a happy ending, it's not a great movie. You know, and I don't think that's the case. I think there's a lot of look at Endgame. Right, Infinity War. I mean, (laughs) it was one of the freaking saddest things I've ever seen in my life. And I'm so content with that ending. I never thought I would say that, especially considering that I lost Tony Stark. But look, if you haven't seen it yet, that's not a spoiler. I'm sorry. It's been out for (laughs) enough time. Okay, sorry. But, you know, they just, I don't know. Like, there's this... I don't know how to describe it, but there's this weird tendency. I guess it it fits the story in many ways because you do have to sympathize or at least empathize with the villain in order to feel what they are doing is justified. And I think the best example of that is Killmonger in Black Panther, Mm -hmm. right? Because halfway through the movie, I'm like, oh, yo, you got robbed. And so I I started feeling that journey and I understood why he was on it. Right. And I started to kind of empathize with him. But I also thought you're kind of going about this the wrong way. You know, like maybe you share leadership or something like that. But yeah, like with the other villains, I think maybe they're struggling for the same thing. Like they know that they're villains, but they're like, yeah, they got to have a happy ending. It's a Disney movie. You know? No. <laughs> I know. I, 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 yeah. I, I, I could, I could understand that too. It's just, I think if it has closure, we should be fine. And I think that's why we're okay with Endgame. So, I, I think it is going to be tricky. And I, I just hope that Disney just delivers. And yeah. we'll see from there. The only thing I'm just bummed about is I can't go to the movie theaters dressed up because this would have been fun to dress up in. Oh, yeah. Especially that makeup. Man. (laughs) Yeah. I could imagine Villain's Day or a bunch of dapper versions of Cruella on Dapper Day at at the parks. So 
I, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. I'm going to put it out there. If someone is, whoever's listening, I would love to see a Cruella that's punk at Disneyland one day when we're all there. (laughs) That would be awesome. Cruella day (laughs) at Disneyland. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I can imagine, you know, the, when Cruella walks around Main Street, I can only imagine how that's going to go down. It's like, what are you? Posers? Why are you dressed like oh, me? Oh, that would be great. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, that would be so awesome. Um, yeah, you know what? I was just thinking about it, too, while we were talking. Descendants is another, like, it's another version of that, right? They're yeah. evil. The kids are uh-huh. evil. And then they end up, like, happily ever after. And they sing songs, and it's still evil, and it's great. Huh. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, anyway. I never thought of it, though. Yeah. Good point. <laughs> well, if you have thoughts on Cruella, we'd love to hear it. Um, you know, I'm pretty excited about it. Like like we said earlier, that music, uh, I hope it's got a really great, you know, punk soundtrack to it. You know, we know that it can work. But, yeah, I mean, that music's going to play a huge role. And I'm hoping that they do it justice. So we'll see. Hey, you know what? We mentioned Endgame right now. I have something I want to tell you about Endgame, which surprised the heck out of me. But uh, before we do, I do want to remind you that this episode of Podcast Series is brought to you by a fantastic group of listeners known as the FGP Squad. What is the FGP Squad, you might ask? Well, they are our podcast fairy godparents, and they help us out with a contribution via Patreon. It's that contribution that helped make these episodes of Podcateers possible. And if you want more information on how you can become part of the FGP Squad family, uh, you can head over to podcateers.com FGP. There you can find a link, more information, some of the FGP squad also listed on that page. Once you head to Patreon, you'll see the different levels and what each of those levels offers. And if you have any questions, feel free to reach out. We'll be happy to uh, help you with any questions. I mean, being a part of the FGP squad just gains you a little more access and a few more perks like discounts on Podcateers gear. It gives you access to our monthly happy hour calls, additional content on Patreon. So, again, if you are interested, head over to podcateers.com slash FGP for more information. And, of course, to all of the members of the FGP squad, we just want to send a huge thank you for your continued support. Uh, Now... Before I get into the end game thing, I gotta ask you: Are you caught up with Wandavision? Of course. Ooh, <laughs> I mean, I, I yeah, I uh, know. Uh, right? Uh huh. And there's so yeah. much that I want to say. I know I've been trying to coordinate time with Jason to like sit down and just talk about it. And first, we were just gonna chat. And he's like, dude, we should just record this and make it an episode of the podcast. I'm like, dude, that's genius. We should. But then, like, our schedules were clashing because he got super swamped at work. And then I got super swamped at work. And then for a while, I was just feeling like absolute hot garbage because of, you know, how sick I had gotten. And, you know, we're going to have to schedule it. I've been looking forward to chat with him about that for quite some time. But, man, this last episode... I'm, I don't know. I may be super, super sad when WandaVision ends, even though I know it's leading into the next phase of the MCU. Mm-hmm. It's just so 
damn well done. It is. It is. And they're doing an amazing job on even just showing us like little things because I don't know her comic background as much. I'm learning as we go. And they're doing a great job for those who have never read the comics. Yeah. I'm just, I'm glued to it. Yeah, I I have to agree with you. Uh, My wife has been watching them with me and she didn't really know the story of Scarlet Witch either. And I'm mm-hmm. waiting for them to finally drop the Scarlet Witch name. Like we're we're getting closer and closer for them you yeah. know, to get to that point. But even she's like, you know what? We should go back and watch like where did they appear or like what's a pivotal story for them? Like Age of Ultron. Okay, let's go watch that. And okay, so tell me the story. You know, how is she related? And uh, my niece is super into it right now. Like we've <laughs> been going back and forth chatting about it as well. And I I mean, she's so excited about it. Um, proud uncle moment. But nice. we um. Yeah, I'm 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 just looking forward to all of the content that they're going to be bringing because they're currently developing a series for Disney Plus called Assembled: The Making of WandaVision and mm-hmm. it's going to be the first in this new set of behind the scenes programs that are going to focus on the series that they're building for the next phase and films of the MCU. Nice. So it, it's kind of like the remember you know how they did the Mandalorian the, mm-hmm. the thing for the Mandalorian, it's pretty much the same behind the scenes thing, but for WandaVision. And they're going to be doing more of these going forward as well. So I'm looking forward to that. Uh, along the same lines, if you haven't watched, uh, and these are all available on Disney Plus, by the way. If you hadn't had an opportunity to watch Marvel 75 Years from Pulp to Pop, that's a really great documentary that talks about, you know, how... Uh, Marvel Comics was started, you know, by Stan Lee and Jack Kirby and how it became this like pop culture phenomenon. Uh, And then it's followed up by uh, Marvel 616, which was Mm -hmm. eight episodes, eight or nine episodes. I don't remember, but it touches on the culture and the societal impact of that's that Marvel has had in the real world. And oh, then, okay. um, what's the other one? Um, assembling, assembling a universe, I think. It's either Sounds assembling a universe or assembling the MCU, something like that. But it's okay. basically the films of the MCU and how it was all put together and everything. Uh, if you haven't had a chance to watch those, I strongly recommend them. Uh, you're not going to learn a lot more about WandaVision in those, but if you're into it or if you know somebody that might be into it and you know that comic itch has been getting you because of wandavision uh, i would say follow it up with those three and it might pique your interest even more but uh hey you know what remember uh, remember when uh endgame was beating all sorts of movie records and Mm then uh we had all talked about how Endgame, because of the legacy of films in the Infinity Saga, 
that we thought that no other film was ever going to come close to breaking some of those records and that it was going to be years and Gavin's all like, oh, it's going to be Avatar. I'm like, Avatar? What's Avatar, bro? (laughs) And he's all like, you just watch, wait and see. And I was like, whatever. And he's like, whatever. Well, actually, uh, a film has broken one of Endgame's records. <laughs> Which one? What? And ha- what? <laughs> okay, so, I mean, look, the pandemic has kept us at home for a really long time, right? And so people yeah. are itching to get out. They want to be out and about. There's certain places that do have movie theaters open, but there's social distancing protocols and... um. You know, in China, they're working on getting back to normal. And in China, there's a film called Detective Chinatown 3. And I guess because of everything that's been going on and people really wanting to go to the movies, uh, it's currently estimated that it's going to gross $397 million in China during opening weekend. That basically is breaking the biggest weekend ever in a single market record that Endgame had set back in 2019 when they earned $357 million. So it's, wow. this film is basically getting $40 million more than Endgame got for that record. You know what? I just got, a, I just got an idea then. I wonder. I'm just curious. I wonder if we'll see something like that here once everything settles down. Oh, absolutely. Movie theaters, like, what is going to be that movie now? <laughs> curiouser and curiouser. <laughs> I mean, if they hold off long enough, it could be Black Widow. Who knows? True. I mean, we're still waiting on that film to get released, and it's bounced around, and I think they've mm-hmm. kind of decided when they're going to do it, and they're fighting with not releasing it on Disney+, and they're kind of waiting for movie theaters, and I mean, look, with the advancements that have been happening with vaccine distribution and the adoption of the vaccine by so many people, right now, really, the only thing that's limiting a larger scale distribution is the fact that they've run out. You know, they're they're only doing second vaccines for a lot of people in many places because they just don't have enough to do two doses for a bunch of people right now. Mm-hmm. So if if the estimates of what they're saying hold true where by April there's going to be more available and it's going to be distributed a lot more widely then, I don't know, like May or June, we could see a reopening of movie theaters. We could see the release of Black Widow. Memorial Day weekend is right around that time. It's the kickoff to summer. Mm-hmm. Black Widow might be the summer blockbuster that ends up regaining Marvel a bunch of records. Could you know? be. We'll see. <laughs> so, I don't know. It It's an interesting thing to think about. Um I always thought that one thing we'd be fighting for is Esplanade space because Disneyland was going to be completely full and, you know, we weren't going to be able to get in. And, you know, (laughs) ever since the AP announcement and how you kind of have to schedule in advance, 
mm-hmm. I don't think we're really going to have to worry about that for a really long time because the putting everyone essentially on a flex pass allows Disney to control how many people are going to be in the area and in the yep. parks, you know, at any given time. So, yeah, I don't think it's going to be the parks. I think you're right. I think it's going to be some movie. What movie? I don't know. But I don't know. Black Widow seems to have a lot of potential to be that film. It does. <laughs> so, um, so anyway, yeah, no, I kind of veered off. But, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to the FGP call. Um, uh, we got a, we got a fun episode coming up next week, uh, where Armchair Imagineering a Park. There's a little sneak peek of what the next episode is bringing. And yeah, I'm just trying to get other work done. I'm trying to work on some new t-shirt designs and it's been, uh, it's been a good week, I think, overall. I mean, there's a lot of things that I feel I can complain about, but I think in the larger sense, it's been a better week for me so awesome it's good it's good it's good (laughs) you know sad news though uh it looks like uh you know news broke a a week or two ago that disney was closing blue sky studios yeah and blue sky studios I, i mean i I mean, are are you a fan of the Ice Age franchise and all that stuff, like Rio and like those other films that they put out? Of course. Yeah. Um, I actually got to see Rio and a few of them in the theater. So. Oh, yeah. nice, nice. Yeah, we've seen several in the theater as well. Like we saw a couple of the Ice Ages. Uh, I think we saw Robots in the theater as well, and then we saw the Peanuts movie. And uh, I mean, it's. I don't want to call it anti-Disney because it's not anti-Disney at all. But, you know, they bring their own spark to the table. Yeah, they do. You know, their their style of animation. And I remember when we first talked about uh, 20th Century Fox being sold to Disney, one of the things that came up was, you know, what are they going to do with Blue Sky Studios? Because, you know, they don't. They don't really need another animation house. They have, you know, their own. They have Pixar. They have Walt Disney Animation. Like, what are they going to do with the third one? Right. And, uh, you know, when when I heard the news that they were going to be doing an Ice Age series for Disney+, Plus, I thought, oh, that's cool. That means they're going to continue it. That's great. That's fantastic. We're we're not going to lose, you know, because, you know, I, I love the fact that there's a variety you know, of content. Um, mm-hmm. You know, one one thing that, one conversation that I've had a lot with people is I don't tend to force Disney on my kids. You know, they love Disney because it's around me and I read a lot of books about it. I watch a lot of videos about it. And so sure. they, they kind of absorb that, right? But right. I'm not like, you got to wear that Mickey shirt. You got to eat this <laughs> Mickey popsicle, you know? Uh, right. Because I want them to explore other things and I want them to see what's around them in the world because it just makes you a more well-rounded person overall. Mm-hmm. And, you know, having things like this, like Blue Sky Studios, having things like DreamWorks and Leica and, you know, it just expands your mind and it, it makes yeah. you see the world in in ways that, you know, isn't 
Disney. <laughs> I hate to say it like that, but... It just gives us different avenues. It does. It does. That's mm-hmm. a great way to say it. Uh, it's a lot better than I said it. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I was kind of bummed out when I heard that, that Blue Sky Studios was closing down. And uh, I think their latest film is is actually even being canceled because of the fact that oh wow um, i think spies in disguise was the last film that they put out in 2019 and that was the one with uh will smith and tom holland the film just didn't do very well and ultimately they just decided you know what we're just gonna call it quits on the studio but it, it was funny because i started like researching um, mm-hmm. like Blue Sky and their films. And I was wondering, like, how much money have they made? And I started researching that. And, man, I went into this rabbit hole, right? I Like, <laughs> all of a sudden, I'm just, like, immersed in Blue Sky history. And so I thought I would take this opportunity to give you uh, a little history of Blue Sky Studios, you know, considering that, you know, we're basically going to lose the studio now, um, I, I thought it would be a really nice way to uh, to pay homage to the studio. Yeah. So, um, let's see. So where did I start? So, you know, we tend to hear a lot about the leaps and bounds that Pixar made in animation, you know, and. Uh, the reality is that they weren't the only company working on stuff like that. And Blue Sky Studios was one of those companies. Uh, or at least what would become of Blue Sky Studios because they were known as something else when they first started. So in 1966, yes, all the way back in 1966, there was a company in Elmsford, New York, founded by Dr. Philip Middleman called Mathematical Applications Group, Inc., or MAGI for short. Ah. And one of the things that MAGI worked on was evaluating nuclear radiation exposure. And they did this by using something called combinatorial geometry mathematics, which basically just allowed them to create these visual representations of radiation exposure and how far it could travel. So basically think of an Excel graph now, but like they developed that, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, So using what they learned from that, they created a piece of software called Synthavision, which in 1972 would be incorporated into the company's name. And Synthavision was one of the first systems to implement the use of uh, a ray tracing algorithm that would allow them to remove hidden surfaces when rendering images. So in short, my understanding of this is that they could use solid objects in 3D animations that look like shadows and i mean shadows are kind of opaque right it's not a solid so their technology kind of allowed them to use solids to look like shadows which i mean interesting you know it, it that's insane right yeah so as this technology became more well known they would eventually go on to create the world's first cgi commercial for ibm where they had these like 3d letters flying out of an office machine uh so fast forward a decade 
And Disney was right smack in the middle of producing a little film. Uh, actually, I think you may have heard of it before. It's a little film called um, Tron. Oh, yes. I've yeah, heard of that. I think you've heard of it before, Thinky right? film. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So uh, using the technology that they had created, Magi was hired to create the light cycles and the tanks because at, they had this like huge understanding of how this technology worked and Disney didn't. So they wow. were one of the three, three or four companies, I think, that were hired to create those animations. So Magi even created and, and had this like cool early version of a Zoom call where they called it this transcontinental computer hookup so that basically <laughs> any changes they made to the animation in their New York lab could be previewed on a computer monitor by Disney in Burbank. Okay, and this is like back in the early 80s. Wow. So I'm telling you, <laughs> early Zoom calls. So during one of those exchanges, when they were previewing this, these animations, Bill Croyer and Jerry Reese, who's very well known for the Brave Little Toaster, were the, the main animators for Tron. And they invited a young John Lasseter to see his very first CG animation during those previews. <laughs> I know it's crazy how it wow. all comes together, right? Okay, so yeah. so then Magi went on to create some animation tests for Disney after Tron for the book Where the Wild Things Are. And oh, wow. what okay. they were working on was integrating 3D modeled backgrounds with 2D animated characters. And coincidentally, the people that directed that were John Lasseter and Disney legend Glenn Keane. Ah. I know, right? So by 1985, Magi had gone on to work on all sorts of other projects, but uh, there was some internal disputes in the company about the programming environment and how Synthavision, how the Synthavision software was created that sadly kind of led to the company being sold to a company in Canada called Vidmax. And... The original members of the Magi team just kind of disbanded. And Aww. in 1985, Magi just kind of ceased to exist. So uh, a year later, you know, this group of former, you know, Magi employees were determined to continue the awesomeness that they had been working on when they were a part of Magi. So Chris Wedge... Michael Ferraro, Carl Ludwig, Allison Brown, David Brown, and Dr. Eugene Trubetskoy, I'm almost sure I mangled that, pulled together all of the money that they had, and they went on to form Blue Sky Studios in 1987. Wow. Okay, so this team that worked with Disney on Tron now started right. Blue Sky Studios. So for months... They worked uh, for free, right? Because uh, they were new on the scene. They didn't have any clients. They didn't have resources. Um, I mean, that early in the company's history, they were doing all of their work on just three computers because they, they didn't have any money. They used all their money to start the company. Right. 
And the thing that finally put them on the map, in at least in the eyes of Hollywood, was this commercial that they did for Braun. You know, the, the shaver company? Mm-hmm. Uh, they had created an animated razor with all these letters that popped out. And then the animation was put up for an award. So wow. during, the, during the judging, uh, they didn't win. And they were confused because they knew their technology. And like in their eyes, no one had anything close to what they had put together. So they ended up reaching out to the panel of judges and they said, look, we don't understand. Like, why? Why did we lose? Like, we have the best thing in this competition. And what it came down to was the judges were like, "Eh, whatever. All you have is a bunch of 3D letters floating around. And they were like, no, no, we don't. There's no live action elements in our commercial. Every single thing in there is CGI. Everything is animated. And so the judges went back and they looked at it and their jaws dropped. They're like, what? Nice. Like, yeah, everything's (laughs) animated. And that basically made Blue Sky Studios like it opened people's eyes to to the company. Right. Uh So that commercial ended up getting them jobs to work as the effects house for uh, the films Joe's Apartment, A Simple Wish, Alien Resurrection, and one of my personal favorites, Fight Club in 1989. So although the the gigs that they were getting were good, Chris Wedge, uh, you know, one of the founding members and the creative director for Blue Sky – wanted to do like a passion project, right? And so Mm -hmm. he gathered some of the other, uh, some of his uh, colleagues and on their free time, they completed their very first animated short. It was called Bunny and it was released in 1998. Now, keep in mind that while all of this is going on, Lucasfilm had sold off the graphics group to their computer division to Steve Jobs, which in turn became Pixar in 1986. In 1995, we got Toy Story. In 98, Mm -hmm. we got A Bug's Life. And by 1999, we had Toy Story 2. But in 1999, Blue Sky Studios had developed these amazing light rendering techniques, right? That like no one had ever seen them before. And what they did was they gave their films this super, super natural look that had been unseen in CGI animation. Uh, Honestly, it was like groundbreaking stuff. Okay, I'm like super geeked out about this because (laughs) like I've loved Render Man and I've loved, you know, all all the stuff that I was learning, like when I was doing 3D animation in school. So when I was reading this, I was like freaking geeking out about this. (laughs) So so then, um, you know, combined with like a heartfelt story, Bunny went on to win an Academy Award for Best Animated Short Film in 1999 making like blue sky this top contender in the animated space all of a sudden the same year that pixar released toy story 2 right wow so now they got the attention of all these companies and 20th century fox just happened to be one of blue sky studios like biggest clients 
right? So mm-hmm. 20th Century Fox is like, man, we want some of that animation cheddar too, right? Right. So they reached out to Blue Sky and they were like, hey, uh, would you like to come on board full time and just be part of the Fox family? And they agreed. And in 1999, Blue Sky officially became part of 20th Century Fox. So now they went from this studio that barely had any money to having major studio cash, right? Which enabled them to start production on their very first animated feature, Ice Age. So believe it or not, Ice Age was originally intended to be a 2D film. But last minute, Blue Sky decided to take the risk and make it completely 3D, which morphed the film from this like feel-good family a story that they were putting together into uh-huh. the comedy that Ice Age became, right? And right. Ice Age went on to break records, you know, including uh, its opening day weekend record the, when it oh, was wow. released. Grossing $46.3 million. Dang. Right? I know. I know. So the success of Ice Age allowed Blue Sky to add more talent to their team. Um, And, I mean, they had 20th Century Fox money funding them. So why not, right? So Mm -hmm. they went on to produce a total of 13 feature films, including the Ice Age and Rio franchises, which... I mean, for them, were super, super successful franchises. Um, I mean, I would, I would probably say that Ice Age and Rio are the Toy Story and the Cars of Blue Sky Studio. You know, in, yeah, in terms of franchises, correct. like I would equate them to that. Yeah. Um, and I mean, pretty much from the beginning, you know. They were either winning or being nominated for Academy Awards, for Annie Awards, for Golden Globes, like all the way from Ice Age to their penultimate film, Ferdinand, you know, and it wasn't really until Spies in Disguise that, you know, things kind of went sour for them. But, um, you know, as as we know, you know, in 2019, 20th Century Fox and Blue Sky Studios went on to be acquired by the Walt Disney Company. But due to the pandemic, you know, a spokesperson for the studio, uh, you know, released a statement not too long ago from the release of this episode that Blue Sky Studios would be closing its doors. And I don't, I don't know. Like, as of now, like I said earlier, the Ice Age series is still in production for Disney+. Plus. Uh, sadly, their next film, Nimona, was canceled. Uh, and I, I don't know. It's kind of a sad ending for a company that has such a rich legacy, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, and just thinking of all the things that they contributed to the world of animation, you know, how how instrumental they were on putting a company like disney on the map with tron and more importantly you know for a guy like john lasseter to see his first 3d animation that they created and be like i want that you know and to go on Mm -hmm. to do the things he did with pixar um 
Yeah, I mean, I at this point, I can only hope that what they did back in 1987 kind of repeats itself and that a group of former Blue Sky employees at some point are like, you know what? Let's go start a company. I hope so, because, man, just hearing that story of how they started and unfortunately... I've seen the, the the situation where you help out others and it's like it doesn't end up being okay at the end. It's like, oh, yeah, but this company, I mean, gosh, they I did not know as much. And just listening to how they started, how they started with nothing to what they're doing now. Pretty amazing. Yeah, it's really inspirational just to kind of see where yeah. they started. But, uh, I mean, it's a long road for them. When I started researching everything that they had done, ranging all the way back to 1966. And, you know, it's so funny because when I was thinking about this, it it made me think of the conversation that we had with former Imagineer Josh Shipley recently. Uh, If you haven't heard that uh, episode, I would strongly recommend that you go back and listen to it. Uh, And, you know, we were talking about people's routes to imagineering and how they end up in specific places and it just got me thinking there's so many people that think you know this is what i want to do or this is what i'm good at and then they turn out doing something totally different with their lives you know it's even Mm -hmm. even like graduates from college you go to school for four years and then and i'm not saying don't go to school kids you know go to school i don't want your parents after me but you know you you go to school for four years and you practice one particular thing and then your life is like yeah you know what you're gonna do this from now on you know and it happens but look how great it worked out for them right and i think the moral of that story is Don't be discouraged if what you set out to do isn't what you're doing. Because maybe you just haven't found that thing that you're going to be great at. True. You know, and that's kind of what I gather from all of this. And I'm trying to spin this in a positive way. And I think that's the best way to think about it. It is. It totally is. So anyway... That's where I think that's where we're going to end up the episode because I can't end it in any other way other than a feel good moment saying, you know, trust what you're good at, go out for your passion and, you know, it it'll work out. You know, find yeah. what you like to do and it'll work out for you. So, totally. Uh, well, if you have any questions or comments about anything that we talk about in this episode, feel free to join the conversation over on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. Uh, we'd love to hear your thoughts. Or if you haven't joined us yet, join us on our new Discord server. You can either go to the blog post for this episode at podcateers.com slash 348 or on podcateers.com. You'll see the Discord invite there. Uh, it's a brand new community. We're just getting started. But a lot of the people in the community are also members of the FGP squad, and it's awesome. You know, I I love being able to share with them, and the conversations we have there are pretty cool. So I'm I'm happy that that community is growing, and if you want to be a part of it, feel free to join us. The more the merrier, right? Totally. Um, and that's it. 
I, I think that's where we're gonna end this episode. So, any any closing thoughts, Mel, before we wrap up? Looking forward to Saturday. Me too. I, I, I am. <laughs> that's it. Until next time, keep dreaming, keep moving forward, and always remember to pass on the magic. Have a fantastic week, everyone. Bye.